Hey, this is Jason from Slapdash, and this episode is sponsored by 606 Iron, located in the Big M Plaza in Whitley City, Kentucky. 606 Iron has cardio equipment, free weights, numerous weight training machines, weekly kettlebell classes, and tanning beds. Stop by 606 Iron for membership information or call 606 310 4918. History of science and everything else. They slap down a new topic and dash off to next. It's a great big world with so much to know, like cryptids, time travel, and the history of Poe. If you want to be a smarty, better learn something fast with Shannon and Jason on Slapdash Podcast. On today's episode, we are discussing the top 10 worst horror movie sequels of all time. Across from me is the director of the award-winning Jason vs. Chucky vs. Godzilla on Mars, (laughs) as well as the cult classic Happy Birthday, Dracula. (laughs) Shannon Deaton. Shannon, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, and I have a movie idea for you. All right. It's it's, going to be a sequel. Is this an an official pitch right here? Yeah. Yeah, it might as well be. They're all official pitches at this point. So it it involves two podcasters. Okay. I like where you're going. You you, you like this so far? (laughs) Okay. It takes place at Cumberland Falls. Okay. All right. And somewhere, I I think the Wolfman gets involved. Dracula has got to be in there. And just for the sake of it, we're going to have a twisted ending where you end up being the killer. Okay. Where do I sign? Uh, Well, (laughs) I'm glad you asked. Got a contract ready to roll? (laughs) I think this is probably how a lot of these movies came to be. I mean, there's just no other way to explain some of the craziness. So, you know, when you're talking about these, uh, you know, I I love horror movies, right? Yeah. Uh, But... I'm going to be honest. I kind of like bad horror movies. These B B movies, I I don't know what it's about, but for some reason, I just love to curl up on the couch with some popcorn, turn on sci-fi, HBO, whatever it is, and just watch an absolutely atrocious horror sequel. Yeah. I I think, you know, we're presenting this as the 10 worst horror movie sequels, but that's sort of, you know, they're all endearing. Right. Even though they're terrible by critical standards, and we're kind of just poking fun at them in a fun, good-natured way. but they're still sort of fairly entertaining in a way. They are. Right? I like to watch I mean, them. You know what they are. You, <laughs> you know what you're getting you know, into. If, if, if we're talking about you know a, a leprechaun in part 27 and we're in space, <laughs> I mean, you know what you're getting. Right? This is not Academy Award winning material. Yeah, this but is not it, Hitch, it, Hitchcock stuff no, we're no. talking about here. Uh, but I do like it. So you know what, we, uh, what we've done here is we've selected 10 of the worst horror sequels of all time. Uh, but which one is the worst? So, Shannon, tell us about the metric that we used to determine our final rankings. Sure. So, we went online. We took a, we did sort of a meta-analysis. I'm going to call it that. That sounds way more official than what it was. Hey, uh, I, I like it. <laughs> but I, we went through several lists to find the worst sequels that were mentioned multiple times. We put the list together. And then to rank the list, after we had the 10 that sort of cropped up over and over, we went on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a critical website that gives you a score of the movie. Sure. We looked up all of the scores. All of the movies had both a critic score and an audience score. And we took those two scores, put them together, and the result was one number. We ranked those numbers, and the best of the worst is number 10. (laughs) The worst of the worst is number is one the the worst horror sequel so we're going to get to that right yeah but i think first we're going to start with number 10 we are which is the best of the worst the best of the worst the best of the worst it's still bad 
<laughs> but it's it's the best of the worst on the list. It's just gooder than the rest, as it's, they it's say. It's gooder right? than the rest. All right. So so who who do we have here at ten? Number ten is Halloween three season of the witch, and it received a forty one critic score and a twenty seven audience score. So the critics like this one a little bit better than the audience did, and I can see why. I, I'm a big fan of Michael Myers. I love the entire franchise. This one stood out to me because. Most notably, Michael Myers is not in it. <laughs> Who is Michael Myers, right? <laughs> We've talked about this one before. It was envisioned as an episodic version of Halloween. They thought Michael is dead. We killed him in part two, so let's come back with part three. And every year henceforth, we're just going to rake in the millions by producing these Halloween-themed anthology-type right. episodes. And people hated it. I mean, the critics thought it was okay. Well, okay's a stretch right <laughs> 41 out of 100 is what they thought the the audience you and i jason 27 out of 100 but i will say that over time this one's developed sort of a cult following i mean you can't see it on tv and not stop for a minute and appreciate the the silliness that is halloween 3 it was released in 1982 and was the third installment in the halloween film series the tagline is actually pretty clever for the movie it was printed on all the movie posters and it simply says the night no one comes home and that's pretty good because oh, the first that, movie yeah, yeah. was t- uh, the tagline talking in reference to michael myers was the night he came home right and as we know this is a story about children who are going to go on uh, you know halloween trick-or-treating and they're not coming home for just a very very scary right. reason which we'll get into the budget for this movie was 2.5 million dollars by hollywood standards not that much really yep. compared to some of the other films on the list and it returned an estimated 14.4 million dollars so in general it was a success as far as a money maker goes but not too much the plot is that dr chalice and ellie the daughter of a murder victim uncover a terrible plot by a madman to mass murder children on halloween using an ancient celtic ritual the ritual involves a boulder stolen from stonehenge the use of silver shamrock masks and a triggering device contained in a television commercial <laughs> those are uh, that's that's quite the uh, list of items there <laughs> sounds like somebody just <laughs> threw some ideas on the table and said all right all right guys get around here we've got stonehenge we've got masks we've got a jingle and let's put all this together and let's make the follow-up to halloween 2 it's bound to be a good idea and just for giggles let's not put michael myers in it <laughs> let's see <laughs> how we can do sort of pull the rug out from uh, out from the viewers right here's 2.5 million dollars let's have at it here's a few interesting facts about the movie season of the witch tried something bold i mean this was one of the first times that you had an iconic character and everyone wanted to see that character again and he didn't come back so they tried something and it failed that same year jason the friday the 13th franchise went with a 3d gimmick and scored mm. big at the box office, proving that audiences just kind of want more of the same. You right. know, that it was Jason Voorhees in 3D. You know D, what you're D. getting. Right. <laughs> you know what you know what you're up to there. One of the lead writers, Nigel Neal, had his name removed from the project because he didn't like the rewrites by John Carpenter and Tommy Lee Wallace. They sort of upped the violence in the story, and he, sir, was no fan of violence, though he was. To be fair, writing a scary movie. I mean, right. I don't know what he expected from Halloween 3 season of The Witch. <laughs> no one comes home. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Something surely you know, bad is going to happen in this movie. Something's You'd up. you think he would have known that. The Silver Shamrock jingle, and you and I have oh. talked about this. Oh, it's awesome. Is just the tune of London Bridge 
and and it's sped up. Deborah Hill, one of the writers for the movie, said, we're going to make the theme use London Bridge so we don't have to worry about copyright. And that's the thing that stands out to me most about this movie. There's a television commercial that's supposed to activate these masks that all the children wear. And on Halloween, when that jingle goes off, it basically kills all the kids. Yeah. And that's terrible to say. I hate saying that. It just kind of sort of turns their head into like, like insects. Snakes and, and insects. Bush and, and stuff. Yeah, it's it, awful. It's kind of disgusting yeah. a little bit. But the jingle just goes, happy, happy Halloween, Halloween. Halloween, happy, happy Halloween, silver shamrock. Oh, yeah. And boom, it just kills yep. people. And even the beginning of it, it's some kind of a weird sound like a do 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 It kind of revs up a little bit. Even that kind of is, is it, creepy, creepy somehow, but it's really weird. it's really catchy. Yeah. So, yeah, when I think Halloween 3, I always think of silver shamrock and just always, always will. The movie was so bad <laughs> that the new... You're supposed to say, well, how bad was well, just, it? Well, tell me, Shannon. <laughs> how bad was Halloween well, 3? Jason, the movie was so bad that the New York Times said, quote, Halloween 3 manages the not easy feat of being anti-children, anti-capitalism, anti-television, and anti-Irish all at the same time. <laughs> wow. Is is that all? Oh, well, anti-Michael Myers, apparently, <laughs> as well. But that's number 10. It's the best of the worst. So it's all downhill from here, buddy. Man. <laughs> so I, I think you actually have number nine. That, I do. That, that you've researched. So, uh, so what is just a little bit better? worse yeah what's a little bit worse than halloween 3 well if you want to talk just a little bit worse but not the worst of the worst we're talking about child's play 3 and there must be something about the third part to movies that make them the worst this one kind of surprised me it had a critic score of 29 which is notably much lower than halloween 3 at 41 and it had an audience score of 33 which is just a tick above what halloween 3 was able to perform but i was surprised by this one because i've all you know in addition to this movie i've also seen bride of chucky and seed of chucky and it was it was kind of surprising to me that when we looked at these lists that was the one that was the one and i i had to go on rotten tomatoes just to confirm i said there's no way that this movie is worse than like seed of chucky that's like part five or something and yeah lo and behold this is the lowest scored child's play movie in the whole Child's Play universe. Wow. Yeah. So Child's Play 3 was released in 1991 and was the third installment in the Child's Play franchise. The tagline for the movie is, there comes a time to put away childhood things, but some things just won't stay put. Sounds like a Goosebumps. Yeah, it does. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah, reading the back of a Goosebumps book. The budget for Child's Play 3 was $13 million, and it returned $20.5 million, which I think, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, man, I made $7 million off of this film. That's That's a lot of money. Good news for me if I'm a filmmaker. But in Hollywood, apparently that's not like a big return on investment, and another movie was not made until 1998, which was like seven years later when they made Bride of Chucky. So it took a little while to to convince them to come back around to it. Uh, The plot is that the movie picks up one year after the events of the second movie, where the killer doll Chucky was killed in a factory fire. The doll's manufacturer is remaking the good guy doll toys with the old, still haunted material. (laughs) Still doing it. Just, yeah, just whatever. This resurrects Chucky, who goes after Andy, his former owner, who now attends military school. So if I remember this one correctly, at the beginning, 
they're showing this factory sort of coming back online and they're like pouring in the plastic into this big melter sort yeah. of thing. This is why all the credits are going. It's like executive producer, whoever. Yeah. And and it's showing like this plastic going down and getting melted and remolded into the Chucky doll. And somewhere in there you start seeing like drops of blood start trickling in because they're recycling all of these materials from the factory fire from where Chucky was burned up in the second one. And he comes back as a brand new doll, but he's still possessed by the serial killer, Charles Lee Ray, right. which is how the movie kicked off, and that, that's what it's all about. But Don Manichini's original idea for the movie was to have a dozen Chucky dolls appear in this film and start killing people, but the visual effects for that were too expensive. Already we had the, the mannequin of Chucky. I think that said this was the first film that used not CGI, but like a computer program to help control Chucky and matches lips to actually what was hmm, being yeah. said and that sort of thing. Uh, but that that was just, you know, having a dozen Chuckies on screen was just too expensive. The idea was thrown away. However, it appeared in the 2017 movie Cult of Chucky, and I just watched that one last Halloween. Oh, really? Yeah, they've made a couple of these after the actual, and, and there's a reboot, too. Huh. I don't know if you've seen that one. No, I, I'm not. I, I think it's just called Chucky. And yeah. It has Mark Hamill voicing yep. uh, Chucky instead of, um, was it Brad Dourif? Yeah, that came out what, a couple years ago? Maybe? It was out a couple years yeah. ago. Yeah, so that movie was okay. It kind of re-envisioned Chucky, and um, he's he's not possessed by the soul of a serial killer. Basically, he's like a smart doll who becomes too smart which is right. kind of weird that the kids are showing him scary movies and there's this one weird scene where he like picks up a knife and he starts like off the kitchen table and starts like mimicking what he's seeing in the on the TV show yeah. and that's it's, cr- it's that's kind of twisted that's a little creepy a little there bit. yeah but um, back to this movie, the creator of the franchise, as we said, Don Mancini, was pressured by the studio to begin writing Child's Play 3 before Part 2 was ever released in theaters. They had no idea that that was going to be anything. I mean, it might oh, have flopped. Wow. could have been a terrible movie, and it wasn't great, but it was better than this wow. one. The writer barely had time to finish the script, and the movie released just nine months after the second movie. Oh, my gosh. Movie. That's like light speed. That's pretty fast. One critic called Child's Play 3 the worst child's play film and that's saying something (laughs) (laughs) so uh not a great movie apparently although i will say whenever it went to uh television syndication that's where i first saw it i enjoyed it it was fine it was just as we said just kind of silly fun yeah i've I've seen that when it's been several years since i have but it was i didn't really think it was any better or worse than the rest of them honestly i think they're all kind of about the same they they really are Yeah. yeah So, Jason, what's up next? Uh, At number eight, we have The Rage, which is Carrie Part 2, and that debuted in 1999. It had an overall critic score of 19 and an audience score of 33. And one particular bottom line fact here (laughs) that uh, movie houses and directors and actors that are not going to like is that the budget for The Rage was $21 million, and Shannon, it only made 17.8 at the box office. Mm. So it actually lost several million dollars, and that's very rare. That is. I mean, like you virtually never, like, you know, I think you just said Child's Play made like seven million. Right. And they weren't very happy with that. No, they didn't like that. Yeah. So it, it's very, very rare that you see movies lose money, mm-hmm. especially uh, to the tune of millions of dollars. And this, yeah. And this was millions of dollars, uh, which was, you know, a little bit, uh, well, actually, probably quite a bit shocking. And basically, this the plot of this movie is extremely similar to the original Carrie. 
that came out uh, about 20 years earlier and, of course, was based on the Stephen King book that came out, I think, around 74, 75. Good old Carrie. uh, I believe. So in this particular movie, we have a a young lady who is actually turns out to be the younger half-sister of Carrie Watt. So they have the same father. And pretty much from this point on, the plot is extremely similar. Same thing. She's in high school. She gets bullied. There's some setups. People kind of pick on her. There's a party. They try to embarrass her. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same same thing, pretty much. And uh, she uses her telekinetic powers, and many people die. Takes them out, huh? Just sort of takes them out, yeah. So there's really, this this movie plays it very close to the vest. I mean, it's it's pretty much a clone of, of, uh, of part one. But again, 20 years later, it does have a little bit of a cult following, which mm-hmm. some, a lot of these bad horror movies do, to be honest. Yeah. This is one that it doesn't surprise me that it's on the top 10 worst, just because it really had nothing more to offer that the first one didn't already address, really. It's just a rehash uh, of Carrie. Yeah, it, it really should have just been like a reboot of it, because essentially that's what it was. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they called it part two, and, and again, it has pretty low scores, and, you know, judging by the box office, it's, you know, pretty predictable, as, I guess, as to why it was, you know, pretty bad. <laughs> Something they did with this movie that is weird is that they didn't just call it Carrie 2, The Rage. They no. called it The Rage, They flipped Carrie it. 2. Yeah, and I know, I know why they did that, but it's still weird, and it reads really awkward. Yeah. And, you know, they, they couldn't call it Carrie 2 because it's not about Carrie. It's not about Carrie White anyway, right? No. right? It's about oh, her, yeah. what would you say, her half-sister? Her, her, her uh, younger half-sister, yeah. Yeah. So they wanted to cash in on the Carrie name, but they didn't have Carrie proper in, in the movie, which kind of boggles my mind because all these other franchises were able to bring back the main characters right. in some way you know jason gets electrocuted and jason lives and he comes back to life chucky gets blended back up into some silly putty and all of a sudden he's chucky again and you know they couldn't find a way to to get carrie white back into the storyline or perhaps maybe there were some copyright issues there. Yeah, I, don't I don't know but it is very odd because it does read uh, really strangely i mean the, the rage carrie too yeah it doesn't roll off the tongue very very easily i don't know and and like you said carrie's not in this movie so obviously they wanted to make the connection because if, if you just say the rage Mm -hmm. that doesn't necessarily imply anything about carrie sure you know you know that might have also led to the decreased in (laughs) in uh sales yeah it could have been so jason what's just a little bit worse than the rage carrie part two i would say uh, probably number seven whatever that is number seven (laughs) which is saw 3d and it's, it's as terrible as it sounds like it should be. It was given a 10 by critics, which is a really low score out of 100 on Rotten Tomatoes. It got a 42 from the audience. They liked it a little bit better, but the critics just hammered this thing. It was just awful. Saw 3D, also known as Saw the Final Chapter. And this is what Friday the 13th tried to do with their part four, right? So <laughs> say it's the final chapter and then it's not. But Saw the Final Chapter was released in 2010 and was the seventh installment in the Saw franchise. The tagline for the film read, The time has come for all to experience the last act of a legend. Will you survive until the end? And this is kind of weird because it says, will you survive? It's kind of putting the the focus on the audience. And I think it was clever in this way because it was a 3D movie. And I think it was neat that instead of just trying to, again, you know, ha- involve the characters on the screen, they were trying to actually make use of the 3D component in the theaters. Right. And they wanted you to feel as if you 
the audience member were actually in the saw movie. Sort of partaking of this, right? Yeah. Yeah. So every time the uh, characters were in the traps, if there's a saw blade coming at their face, that saw blade's coming at your face. Right. And you're sitting there, and I saw some of the promotional materials for this, and I watched the trailer, and it just shows the audience member sitting there, and then all of a sudden, and this is just <laughs> CGI, and to prove a point, it shows like these vests jumping out of the seats in the theater and grabbing onto the people sitting there in the chairs as if they're getting locked into a saw trap by attending the movie. And I know that's fake and I know that was meant to just stir an emotion, but that's enough to put me off right, <laughs> from this yeah. movie just a little bit because I'm not about to go into a theater and get strapped down in my chair and let Jigsaw do his thing. No, no, sir. That sounds pretty bad. The budget for this movie was $17 million and it returned $136.1 <laughs> million. Those folks should have made the rage carry too. <laughs> <laughs> should have. So the plot is, as a battle rages over Jigsaw's terrible legacy, survivors seek support from a fellow survivor and self-help guru who has a dark secret of his own. (laughs) Meanwhile, a crooked cop seeks revenge against Jigsaw's wife and an author who has his own story. And that's kind of the setup here. But the intention from the beginning of this movie really was to put the audience members into the Jigsaw chair and, and to let them feel as if they were part of the movie. But here's a few things that happened when the movie was released in theaters. And I found this one just terrifying. In a Massachusetts theater, Saw 3D was accidentally shown to a group of children instead of Megamind, which released in the same year. <laughs> that's that's crazy. That would be, I mean, like, how long did that go before something? I mean, surely the, the, the crying children after three minutes would I wasn't have. able to find out. I, in, in the dark side of my mind, I imagine that these were kids on a field trip and the teachers were out getting popcorn somewhere and the oh, kids were just Lord. sitting there. I'm sure that's not how it happened. I did look around to see if I could figure it out. Nobody seemed to have a straight answer on the, the sources I checked about whether the kids sat there for the entire two-hour or whatever runtime. I bet that was, uh, you know, like the whole time they're seeing all the blood fly and all the body parts. They're like, where did this cartoon come into play at? I thought Will Ferrell was in this movie. What's going on? Who's this guy? Ooh, it's a funny clown guy on a, oh my God. I bet, I bet that uh, took a, a significant amount of explanation going on. I'm certain there were some uh, agreements signed thereafter by the school board. But uh, Tobin Bell, the actor who plays Jigsaw, actually only has three minutes of screen time in the entire film. Uh, huh. So he, he didn't appear very much. The film was so gory and gruesome that it had to be submitted six times to the Motion Picture Association to obtain an R rating and avoid the NC-17. Really? Yeah. This is, this is, this, all the Saw movies are pretty bad, aren't yeah. they? I mean, just blood-wise and, and, and gore-wise. In this one, over 25 gallons of fake blood was used in the film more than two and a half times the amount used in Saw 2, which was a really bloody, crazy, wow. crazy movie. One critic remarked of Saw 3D that this series never cared for filmmaking. It never cared for human life. Now, it doesn't even care for its audience or itself. (laughs) People be hating, man. (laughs) I mean, the whole time you're talking, I can just imagine these kids being marched in and, you know, they all have their kids meal and kids meal. They they had their little, like, they have have that and, like, their, uh, you know, six pack of uh, gummy bears and, like, you know, two handfuls of popcorn. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, that bad boy pops on. Oh, man. (laughs) Good night. 
that is crazy it's just like let's play a little game and they're like "Ooh, a little game yes where's megamind let's play a little game and then it's just all downhill oh, from Lord. there i bet like you know 20 years later they're like rocking in a corner <laughs> in the fetal position just like you know deep deep seated problem just watching reruns of the rage carry part two you know just to calm them down a little bit so that's number seven jason what's worse than saw 3d we have Jason X, which came out in 2001. And, of course, this is Jason Part 10. Uh, and honestly, Shannon, I think, just my personal opinion, I think Jason Takes Manhattan was actually worse than this. I'm going to agree with you. Was that Part 8? That was Part 8, yeah. Okay. All right. So, again, just my opinion. I think Jason Takes Manhattan actually sounds a little crazier to me. <laughs> and I think it's a worse movie. But uh, but Jason X, Jason Part 10, came out in 2001. And Jason X showed shows the world what happens when Jason visits outer space. Because <laughs> the world needs to know. <laughs> well, he, he shows them. Guess what? What happens? He kills people. Oh, really? <laughs> because that's what Jason that, does. That surprises me. I thought he was going to be like a diplomat. No. Sort of no. like, uh, you know, founding the, the whole Star Trek Enterprise thing. <laughs> that, that would be cool. That'd be a pretty interesting takeoff on that. A little different. Pretty balanced overall scores. The the uh, the critics uh, gave this movie a 20, and the audience gave it a 25. Okay, so, so pretty close. So pretty balanced. So the plot of the movie is that Jason has been captured by the government and locked up at the Camp Crystal Lake Research Facility. <laughs> why, is that, why, is that, why is that a thing? I don't know. Let's be honest. You've seen all the movies, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so why is why is that all of a sudden a thing? It's like we, now we have like the Camp Crystal Lake Dollar General store. And the camp, you know, it's like well, how do we suddenly have a research facility? This was just a camp in the backwoods somewhere. I, I guess they just they're they're scared to move him anywhere, so they're just going to build it around him, right? around the lake, uh, around the. I guess, yeah. Right. And so they they have him locked up, and the, and of course they uh, they sentence him to death, and they try to kill him. I think like fifteen times by various forms. Nothing happens. He's still alive. Yeah. So then they're like, okay, he's way too valuable to kill because he has some <laughs> kind of like, you know, regenerative type of properties. He's and an X-Man. He's he pretty is. much, he's a mutant. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, we, we can't kill him, right? So let's just sort of keep him alive. And uh, so what happens is that they're, they're trying to sedate him and uh, this, you know, these uh, scientists come in and so forth and they're experimenting on him. All of a sudden, hey, Jason wakes up, right? And it's bad news because Jason's going to kill. And Jason's going to do what Jason's going to do. Jason's and he, Jason. He wakes wakes up yeah and he starts slicing and dicing and then all of a sudden you know that they had the idea to uh, cryogenically freeze him right mm -hmm. and so that sort of happens by accident there's a little kind of a, a, a scuffle there and uh, one of the ladies who was working with him basically uh, he, he kills her and she dies and then he gets frozen and then boom we fast forward over 400 years <laughs> okay. okay. So the last scene basically is him. He gets frozen. The person that was in the room with him, she dies. You know, kind of the uh, camera goes dark. And then we fast forward over 400 years into the future. And then we have this uh, research team, this exploration team now that opens back up the research uh, center. And we find out that Earth is no longer inhabitable. Okay. okay, so yeah. people, they're, they're now at Earth 2. Too many Dollar General stores. Too many Dollar General stores, <laughs> right. So we have this space exploration team that came down, and they find Jason. Okay. Right? So he's been sitting there dormant for over 400 years. Just chilling. Just chilling. Not killing. Not killing at this point. Uh, kind of rotted a little bit already, though. 
<laughs> it's been 400 years. <laughs> you know, it's been 400 years. Fair enough. They put him uh, They put him on the spaceship. They take him back into space, and they go, well, hey, let's figure out who this guy was. So somehow, I guess they had a, an advanced form of Google somehow. I don't know. <laughs> but they, they figure out, well, this is Jason Voorhees, and according to records, he did this, and he did that, right? And, and so they start trying to uh, sort of piece him back together a little bit. So they had this mm-hmm. super, like, nanotechnology type stuff, and as fate would have it, <laughs> this technology basically rebuilds Jason like and half of him is now still. <laughs> okay. So, so before So now he's like they couldn't chop his head, they couldn't no. slice him in the face, they couldn't uh kill him with toxic waste from the sewers of Manhattan. No. And but but now they reinforce him with steel. But huh? now they reinforce him with okay. so he's basically like Jason mixed with like Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> According to the action figure, that version of Jason is called Uber Jason. Uber Jason. <laughs> I well, saw that on an action figure. Well, yeah. it was Uber Jason because uh, <laughs> he looks like, you know, he you can tell he's Jason, but he is a very souped up version of Jason, right? Even yes. even his machete is sort of space age. He's like a space and, machete. Yeah. He's got <laughs> he's t- it's a spacetti. <laughs> I, I let's cut the episode it. right there. That's that's the end of this. So Jason's wielding the spaceshetty. <laughs> All right. And so he freaks out, right? It's basically Camp Crystal Lake. Everybody in every room and every control room in the hallway, he goes about killing them all. Uh, and that's pretty much Jason X. That's how it goes, huh? Yep. At the uh, at the box office, it made seventeen million dollars and had a budget of twelve million. So it did make oh, five okay. million dollars. All right. And again, this was Jason X. Uh, this this movie was the one right before Freddy versus Jason came out. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So so Freddy versus Jason actually went back in time, I guess, from yeah, this movie. Sort of a different timeline, almost like a, like Halloween does. Yeah. Jumps, right. jumps around, has a different yeah. sequence of, of the movies. Yeah. I think you're right, though. I think Jason Takes Manhattan is probably worse. But when we were talking through and looking at some of the list, how can you not put the Jason is in space movie on the worst list? Even though, yes, Jason Takes Manhattan's terrible. It's it's so bad. He, he only spends like 10 minutes in Manhattan by the time they get there. <laughs> and then he dies in the sewer in a, in a crazy way. But... I mean, Jason goes to the city or Jason goes to space. I mean, which one's going on the worst list? Just in title alone. <laughs> space. Yeah, got, got to be space. <laughs> That's right. So, Jason, what's worse than Jason goes to space? Well, we actually have number five, which is Silent Night, Deadly Night, Part 2. <laughs> that debuted in 1987. The uh, scores were 14 and 29. So, the, the actual critics' scores, 14, audience was 29, so audience liked it, uh, you know, pretty much doubly as well. <laughs> doubly uh, as well. That's right. Okay. The budget for the movie was $100,000. That's nothing. I mean, that's something, but that's not nearly what these other movies When are we're looking at. at these numbers, that really shocked me. So $100,000, and it made $154,000. <laughs> that sounds like some kind of like, like, a, like a property deal or something. <laughs> I mean, it was just like... like like those numbers actually make sense to me, you know yeah. what I mean? So they're, yeah, they're within the realm of okay, I understand this. Yeah, cost a hundred thousand dollars to make. They made one hundred and fifty four thousand dollars. Was this like a direct video sequel? I, I wonder. I, I don't know. Surely. Okay. Uh, but it was it was in 1987, and the movie focuses on a young man named Ricky who escapes from a mental institution, <laughs> kills a man in order to to uh, to steal a Salvation Army Santa suit. Then, of course, he goes on and he kills many more people. Uh, Shannon, and again, this is an absolutely 
horrible movie. Okay, <laughs> just I mean, bad. it's a horrible movie, but it has an absolute classic line. Yeah, classic yeah. <laughs> line. Let's talk about that classic so, line. This shows up on so many lists so of, I, of just bad quotes. So I think that you might be able to help us with that soundbite. You want to hear it? I want to hear it. Here we go. Jason, tell us what just happened there. I don't know. <laughs> and and nobody knows. So you have to set the scene for this. So this is basically broad daylight, right? There's yep. like two guys in a street in suburbia, like at a cul-de-sac or something. Sure. Guys just rolling his trash down yep. to put it out on the curb. And then that's it. And then like this deranged killer is just a few feet away from him, like just nodding at him really weirdly. But he's <laughs> he's dressed normal, you know? And he just has a pistol in his hand. Yeah, he does. And he goes, garbage day. <laughs> and the guy's like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and he just fires away and kills him. And that's it. I mean, it's one of the worst acting jobs in the world. It's, it's the, horrendous. It's the best $100,000 to get you, though, <laughs> back in the day. I mean, and come on. This guy is just, he's lost his mind, and he's trying to sell the point that he's like a deranged dude now. So if you watch the clip, because it's so poorly acted, <laughs> it's bad. It's so bad. He's sitting and after he shoots the guy, he starts like turning the gun over in his hand and looking at it and just kind of laughing like, ha 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 And that's like, exactly what it's like. That's what he does. Yeah, it's awful. It's pretty bad. This uh, and I, I've seen several of these movies. Uh, sad to say, but what's the movie? We, I don't think it's on the list. It's not. Well, what was the one we were talking about uh, the other day? Where is it like? Is it like critters? Or, oh, uh, it's trolls too. Trolls too. Once, once he goes, yo, they're killing her. <laughs> yeah, there's a scene where the trolls, which are the bad guys, and they do look like critters, are are basically feasting on a person, and the the special effects are so poor. It looks like they're just you know reaching their hands into a bathtub full of goo, you know, and they're they're eating this person. The character realizes, you know, that oh no, they're eating her, and then they're going to eat me. But then, but the acting is so poor. He literally expresses it. Like they're eating her, and then they're gonna eat me. <laughs> and he goes, "Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, he's able to articulate all that as yeah. he's watching this, right? And he's explaining it in case we missed out on what's going on. Yes, yeah. he's commentating. He's helping us make the connection because I think for the first few seconds they don't even look at him, right? They're not. I think at if him. he just would have shut up and <laughs> backed away. He probably would have made it. He just played it cool <laughs> for just another minute. And, and you know, if he was narrating the scene for us, maybe he could have said, they're eating her, and then I'm getting away. <laughs> he could have done it just as easily. Could have went the other way with it, but apparently he didn't. That was bad. Silent Night, Deadly Night 2 was very bad. But, Jason, you know what's not bad? Slapdash merchandise is not bad, Shannon. It's pretty good. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so let's let's take a break, and let's give folks an opportunity to listen about said merchandise. Let's do it. Hey everyone, we're happy to announce that the podcast now has a merchandise store. Shannon, everyone loves hoodies and everyone loves coffee. Yeah, and you can pick up a nice Slapdash hoodie or a Slapdash mug and drink your next cup of joe right out of a Slapdash cup. (laughs) We also have t-shirts and stickers. Yeah, we do. So come on by and log on to www.slapdashpod.com forward slash store. That's www.slapdashpod.com forward slash store store. 
We're back, and we are discussing the top 10 worst horror movie sequels that have ever been made. And man, we've had a blast <laughs> so far. Because <laughs> they're really bad. These movies are the opposite of good. We've made it to, uh, all the way down to number four, and you may say, what can be worse than all those things that have come before? Well, number four is, I still know what you did last summer. <laughs> I haven't forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> the critic score here was a seven, which I think is the lowest score on the entire list. Lord. For critic score and the audience score was a 29 this movie was just a cash grab that's all it was i still know what you did last summer was released in 1998 and was the second installment in the i know what you did last summer franchise and do we have to call it that like, it's a pretty long name the, the the franchise is consists of two movies yeah. i know what you did last summer and i still know what you did last summer and we get we have to call it a franchise now part three's like guess what comma <laughs> I still know what you did last summer. That's right. The tagline for this one is, the man with the hook is back, and this time, he's really mad. <laughs> Are you serious? I promise. As opposed to in the first movie when he was just mad. You know, so he, he, was, he was a little perturbed in the first movie, but now you've really upset this man. This guy's ready to go. Listen, everybody, we need to get in our cars and go because the hook man's coming, and, and it looks like, according to this, let me see. Yeah, he's really mad. He's really mad. <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> the budget for this movie was $24 million, and it had a return of $84 million. So people went to see yeah. this. I didn't see it in theaters, but I saw it when it came out on VHS, and I don't know if I regret that or not. These sort of you know 90s horror movies are guilty pleasures of mine, I got to say. I know they're all pretty much terrible, but I really enjoy horror movies from the 90s. The plot of the movie is a year after the events of the first film, Julie, who was the last girl from the first film, uh, she survived the assault of a killer fisherman, <laughs> wins a vacation for four to the Bahamas. When she arrives at the resort she begins receiving threatening notes and realizes that the killer fisherman is still alive and i love that this uh movie employs a killer fisherman because at this point we've exhausted all of the you know job the blue collar jobs <laughs> right. that you can have in in society or the which i get my collars mixed up which collar is like like fisherman the that would be that it, would, it's blue collar right? that would be blue collar yeah okay so so the the blue <laughs> the blue listen we got to get our killer but, sorted but, out but here. he's in a yellow slicker right yeah he was I, in the first one i think i can't remember what he is in the second one, but i know he's still carrying that big fish hook around right, right? so a few facts about this movie freddie prince jr who was known for doing all the movies in the 90s oh, yeah. has never seen this film uh, because of its negative critical reaction he just swore it off really yeah I, I can't imagine that we hear that so much on this podcast that's we hard to believe about, really yeah we talk about um actors who have never seen movies and i think we talked about on our last episode in the history of classic monster movies we talked about how the actor who played jonathan harker in the 1931 dracula movie same same thing he, he passed away around the time this movie was made in 1998 yeah. and he never saw Dracula. He never watched it. And the same thing here. Freddie Prince Jr. never saw this film. I always wonder, like, are, are they lying about that? Or, or do you think they... Because if I'm in a movie, I, I'm going to see it. I, I don't care if, right. it's, it's, if it's like the worst movie ever. It's like, I was there. I ran from the guppy man and I survived. You right. know, it's, it's, it was a movie. It was fun. And here's what we did. Even if I want to poke fun of it, it's, it's just weird to me that they... Some people look at it and say, well, nobody liked it. So I'm, I'm not even going to watch it. Right. You know, that, that kind of hurts my heart. 
yeah. just a little bit. This film was the last time Jennifer Love Hewitt appeared in a horror movie because she didn't want to be cast as a scream queen. She, she didn't want to oh. just be typecast from here on out. And this film, along with the first movie in the franchise, was included on Roger Ebert's most hated list. He didn't like it, and he didn't like wow. the first one either. Now, the first movie is sort of near and dear to my heart. Okay. The first movie that my wife and I ever went and watched. Oh, man. In, in, in a theater. Yep. Is that right? Yep. I always remember that. That's yep. pretty cool. Yep. So you guys didn't make it back for, the, I don't for think, the sequel? I don't think we watched part two. And it must have came out pretty close. They must have. I don't know when the first yeah. one came out. Part this one one's probably, in 98. Part one, I think, came out like in 97. I'm almost oh, positive. Wow. So just like a year before? Yeah. There was a sequel planned for this movie, and we were joking about it, but it was going to be called I'll Always Know What You Did <laughs> Last Summer. <laughs> But it was never I'll made. never forget. <laughs> it's it's probably for it's good funny. reason. One critic said of this movie, we know what sequel shouldn't have been made. <laughs> Goodness. Scathing. I can feel the, man, the burn cut, coming cut, off of that one. Cut a man deep. <laughs> so, so, Jason, what's worse than this sequel that should have never been made as we enter the top three? How about Leprechaun 4? <laughs> oh, about Leprechaun 4. In space. Leprechaun in space, 4 space, in space. space. Yeah. When you go to space, you that's it, right? You can't you can't do anything you can't, else. You can't go any, anywhere else, right? I mean, you went about as far as you can go. Yeah. Uh, well, Leprechaun did. Leprechaun did. With part four. Uh, the uh, the critics scored it a 14, audience 21. Uh, this movie came out in 1997. And, and Shannon, honestly, I'm not even going to go into the detail <laughs> about certain points of, of the plot, but just know that it's ridiculous it gets pretty bad i mean it's almost like they when they wrote this movie let's let's make this movie so over the top and just just insane that there's no way any of this makes sense i mean i know it's a leprechaun in space so i know what i'm getting when i go into the movie theater anyway but maybe just a little a little something right a little uh, uh, a train of thought maybe just some organization a little bit of coherence anything positive Mm -hmm. (laughs) i don't think it was there let Uh, me tell you this Whenever we were compiling this list, there's a there's a movie that comes after this one called Leprechaun in the Hood. Okay. Yep. And I, I doubted myself. I said there is no way that Leprechaun in Space can be worse than a movie called Leprechaun in the Hood. And I checked the, the critic score. Sure enough, this movie is worse, according to critics and audiences. <laughs> well, I can I can believe it because can you attest to that? we watched the uh the uh, trailer just you know just a few minutes ago before we, st- we I, I'm still confused I don't know what we watched before we started this podcast and I mean my goodness it looks like it was made by a second grader <laughs> I mean it's awful and I don't mean the movie I mean even the trailer does it's, yeah. it's just really really bad uh, the first couple Leprechaun movies to me were were pretty entertaining I kind of like the one where he's locked up in the the crate right yep. and the first one has Jennifer Aniston in it uh, honestly and that's a big selling point because she wasn't like the famous general oh, no. Jennifer Aniston no. back then but now if you go back and you try to buy that movie the box art has her like three-fourths the size of the box jennifer aniston yeah yeah. and then down here in the corners the leprechaun (laughs) starring jennifer anderson uh, Aniston, leprechaun the fact that this movie comes in at number three is is really concerning to me because because this means that there are two other movies worse that we still have to discuss that are worse yeah uh but i'm not joking leprechaun four is just horrendous I, i would not recommend this don't waste 
30 seconds of your time. Yeah. You can watch part one. Yeah, sure. You can watch part two. Mm-hmm. I've not really seen any things. I know one of them, he's in Las Vegas. That may be three. Oh, okay, yeah. I think that's part three. Right. I've actually seen that one. And that one, it goes off the rails, but even that has maybe a few redeeming qualities. Uh-huh. But that's all. That's all. That's it. No. So he goes like from the uh, the countryside to Vegas to outer space. Yeah. And there's no explanation how that occurs. He comes back for the hood. Yes, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. He he returns back. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, Leprechaun 4, uh, absolutely horrible. In my opinion, the worst on our list, even though it comes in at number three. And they're like on a on a ship and they're space marines and they're chasing him around. There's a lightsaber. At some point, he he, ha- he has that for a few moments, he sure does. and he uses it. And I I like how in the trailer the uh, the commentator tries to take it so seriously. Like oh yeah, you know you know the deep voice '90s horror movie <laughs> yeah. guy. He's back in a world where the <laughs> leprechaun is in space, <laughs> and then it just goes on. He's like he's looking for romance and excitement and murder <laughs> and he goes, yeah how did that feel soldier boy or whatever they're he's just cutting them up these and... uh stand-up routines from the leprechaun <laughs> it's so bad yeah do, do yourself a favor and and avoid the movie but do read the plot synopsis we'll skip it but you you need to go give it a give it a read <laughs> yeah it's it's quite it's quite the synopsis <laughs> So, Jason, what's worse than Leprechaun 4? Because apparently there are two well, movies that are worse. Really nothing, all right? So <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and look at the data on this because there is nothing worse than Leprechaun 4. Sure. But according to this, uh, there might be. So uh, number two, we have Book of Shadows, which is the Blair Witch 2 follow-up. Okay. Uh, critic score uh, was a 14. Audience was 18. Pretty low. Yeah. This movie came out in 2000, just over a year after the Blair Witch Project debuted in 1999. The original was a huge success, but the sequel, not so much. Uh, it did gross $47 million. It didn't make money, mm. but the critics hated it. The plot revolves around a group of friends who explore the Black Hills area of Maryland to investigate the myth of the Blair Witch. So guess what? During the trip, they experienced Experience the supernatural, right? Oh, no. People start, yeah, things all go south, right? You know, fires break out and people are being picked up and thrown across cabins and they're walking on their fingertips up in the trees and <laughs> it just kind of goes nuts. But Book of Shadows was shot very differently than the first. Uh, the Part two was really shot in more of a, a traditional approach. Yeah. And I think maybe it sort of set itself up for failure a little bit because uh, yeah. that's just... You know, I don't know, it's my opinion. Like part one was very different, right? It yeah. was kind of you have the the, uh, the handheld. It's that camera. found footage concept. Yeah. Like, oh, we found this out in the woods somewhere. This is real. What and we're showing it this. to you now. Oh yeah, and I remember like again, this is in nineteen ninety nine. I remember looking this up on on the internet. And the internet looked very different. Yeah. You know, obviously nineteen ninety nine. But I was like, is this is is part of this real? Is is some of it real? You know, and and, and I remember again. Uh, uh, my wife and I, before we were married, we we drove to Lexington because mm-hmm. none of the local theaters had this. Oh yeah, the first one, the the first one, rather, yeah. And I, you know, we went up and watched it, and I was just sort of blown away by it. And I thought, man, how smart that movie was, and it's so interesting. The, that first one had the first viral internet campaign. Did you know this? Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's where I got connected to it on the internet. Yeah. You know, looking at that, they created a whole website around <clears throat> yeah. the the characters, and and it was all fake. It was all fictitious, every bit of they just it. Made yeah. it up. Like there were these kids, they got lost in the woods. This really happened. Back. Here's all the background and history around this place. You know the the Blair or whatever it was yeah. and 
people ate that up because this was before the era of like fact checking and and really being like right. diligent about not believing the internet. If it was online, it happened. Right. This this movie probably only had about a two to three year time period that it could ever be created. That's correct. Honestly, yeah. I mean, you know, based on technology and how things are, and they took advantage of it. I think they it was just at the right you know right timing, you know, right place, right time. But I think that's part of the reason why Book of Shadows Part Two of it was sort of negatively viewed mm-hmm. is because where Part One was so different, Part Two was so typical. Yeah, you know, it was so traditional, and it didn't really have necessarily like you know a great plot. It didn't necessarily have great special effects, and so I think when people went in to watch that movie, I know I did. I was thinking, okay, I'm going to get something along the same lines as this. Mm-hmm. And they do have a few scenes where, like, you're looking at security camera films, or, you know, or, or things like that. Uh, but it's it's definitely nowhere near as creative or as effective as the first one. I haven't seen this one. I saw the first one, and I knew about the second one. And I know the first one was based on the premise that they went to this cabin and found this footage and brought it back and sent it to Hollywood and said, "You have to release this." Right. That was the whole gimmick. Oh right? yeah, yeah. And everybody believed it. My wife included. Yeah, <laughs> I won't call her out here too yeah. much but oh well, well she, i mean she found that out much later in life oh that wasn't real <laughs> well i mean i was that's what got me i thought i think oh it hooked a lot i think this may be partially real to some degree you know yeah. and that's that's why i went and watched it well when i heard about the sequel i thought well what did they do they just ran back in that cabin hey we found a sequel in here guys <laughs> you brought that back here's another dvd <laughs> let's go back to the cabin and see what else we can find in there <laughs> oh it's it's jason x <laughs> finding all the money movies <laughs> But that's what I imagine. I've I've not seen the movie, and I don't know that I regret that. That's probably one of the the early two thousands movies I it's didn't I have mean, a big interest it's, in. It's it's okay. I mean, it's you know I would even say it's bad necessarily. Honestly, because it, it kind of shocked me that it was ranked so low. But it's 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 okay. It's definitely not the first, but sure. it's it's all right. So Jason, there is one movie that ranked lower than everything else on this list, and it is our number one top worst horror movie sequel of all time. Let's hear it. It is The Exorcist Two: The Heretic. Okay. Have you heard of this one? I have, and I have watched it, but it's been many years, so I've kind of forgotten. It's been a while. So the critic score for this one was a fifteen. And something that happens very rarely happened a couple of times on this list, but the audience score was lower at a 13. Huh. I'm not surprised by that because I know the critical, or I'm sorry, the audience reaction to this one was so negative. I mean, they just blasted this movie because they'd seen the first one and they were fans of what happened in the first one. And when I think about the first one, I imagine the light post and the priest standing by the light post, staring up at the house into the window. And a lot of the movie revolves around that house setting this one takes everything that was good about the movie the atmosphere the setting it throws it out the window and tries to do something new and it just falls flat and yep. I'm, I'm not you know against movies especially sequels trying to take risks and be bold and do something a little bit different but this one man it just it just did not feel like the original movie but the exorcist 2 was released in 1977 it is the second installment in the exorcist franchise the tagline uh, simply reads, it's four years later, what does she remember? So this is, <laughs> yeah, this is the, uh, of course, they're referring to Reagan, played right. by Linda Blair from from the first movie. The budget for this one was $14 million, and it returned an estimated $30.7 million. So, you know, it, it brought in some money. Yeah. 
it was fine. It wasn't like a huge return. But the plot is that Father Lamont is chosen by his superiors to investigate the death of Father Marin. That was the priest who died during the exorcism of Reagan in the first film. Lamont finds Reagan under the psychiatric care of a doctor, and by hypnotizing Reagan, he is able to learn that Father Marin exorcised the same demon from a boy in Africa. Father Lamont travels to Africa in search of the boy, and they just leave the entire setting of the first movie behind. Right. And if you watch the trailer for this movie, it doesn't look like an exorcist movie. It doesn't even look like a paranormal movie. It looks like Indiana Jones. That's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, yeah, because yeah, it does. Yeah. You see people like sitting around in the dirt, in the desert yep. almost. Yep. It's just really Sort of like looking for artifacts. That's how it feels. Yeah. yeah there, there's some tribal references, and it just, it doesn't fit. I mean, in its own right, it could have been its own movie. I mean, the special effects were arguably maybe better i I don't know if i want to say better but they were more advanced certainly i don't think they look better and i don't think they contributed to like a creepiness or anything it's just when you see the trailer or you see the movie they did some things and and it looked okay you know Uh, but of course the iconic scenes from the first movie using those genuine practical effects the head spinning around the the reagan crab walking down the stairs (laughs) yeah i mean that stuff just sticks with you it didn't take you know, such a huge budget in order to pull that off. But a few facts about the film. The original cast of the film were adamantly against a sequel. They didn't want it to happen because this was a cinematic masterpiece. The first right. movie was. A lot of people regarded it as one of the best horror films ever made. Oh, yeah. I think it would make a lot of those lists. It made our list last year uh, for the top 10 most influential yeah. horror films. Audiences hated the film so much that on opening night, they had fits in the theater, threw things at the screen, and reportedly participated in riots. Well, I mean, you never had that kind of reaction. I didn't really like the movie, but I mean, I'm not going to throw the popcorn I just paid $28 for. I mean, I'm not going to riot. It is a movie. (laughs) That's right. Now, I can imagine what throwing things at the screen looks like. I can imagine what participating in riots looks like. I'm not saying you should if you don't like a movie, <laughs> but when the the reports say they had fits in the theater, I don't I don't know if I even know what that means. It's like they're they're like 35 minutes in, they're just <laughs> around. Man, going nuts. Maybe the movie did do what it intended to do. Everybody know. in there is just possessed. <laughs> I don't know. Crazy. You know, I think it's kind of ironic though because so that that was the the worst horror movie sequel. This is the worst one. But when you look at all these movies obviously the exorcist would be viewed as the best sure part one of any of these movies i would agree right yeah and so i think that also kind of goes to show you that people were really anticipating that you know they, they wanted what they wanted i think that's what happened and here. yeah and so that that doesn't necessarily shock me uh it's probably not a bad movie per se mm-hmm. it's just not really tied into what the viewers got the first go around sure and it's just a big letdown it's like the star wars prequels yep. doesn't matter what they look like they're never going to live up to the expectations right. people yep. are just going to hate on them because they're not the first they're thing not they the, saw. the real mccoy as they say reportedly studio executives were watching a preview of the exorcist 2 with a regular audience and 10 minutes into the film the audience became upset about the direction of the movie and chased the executives out of the theater 10 10 minutes in i mean 10 Man. jason 10 minutes who who's watching this <laughs> I, I mean know. are these like the the the, uh, the the exorcist fan club members or something i mean who's that engaged in it? it's you know it's a movie <laughs> i mean you know no matter if it's good or bad or indifferent i mean do you is your natural sort of inclination is to get up and go into I'm fits saying. and chase human beings around because it's so bad and what are they doing before this i can just see this audience tapping their fingers 
eight minutes. Where's Reagan? Nine minutes. <laughs> nine and a half minutes. At ten minutes, they just stand up with their chainsaws and said, we're doing this, boys. <laughs> just chase these guys out into the street. <laughs> Crazy. We haven't seen a single priest. <laughs> yeah, where are the priests at? <laughs> One critic said, quote, Someone can make a slapstick comedy sequel to Saving Private Ryan, and it would be no less faithful to the original than this picture is. That's, wow. that's a pretty strong dig yep. against this movie. And Jason, that concludes our top 10 worst horror movie sequels ever. Did we leave anything off or any final parting words about these movies? Uh, well, always. You know, There could have been maybe some more movies that uh, we could have highlighted or potentially uh, would have made the list. Again, I kind of take up for Jason X. There is no worse movie than Leprechaun 4. <laughs> I'm still going to maintain that. But I think overall, it, it's a pretty inclusive list. Sounds good to me. Thanks to all of our listeners. Please subscribe to the podcast. Share it with a friend. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the handle at SlapdashPod. And we will catch you in the next episode. In Space Part 4.